Welcome back to War Seats in the House. Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta. And uh, uh, just already typical LaPanta. I, I show up here. He tells me to show up at 8 o'clock. I'm thinking the Wild Twins Live just ended. And we're in the top of the fifth inning. We're going to have to bang out a podcast. You're not dressed for the show that you're going to have to be on in probably an hour. And yet you don't seem stressed about it, but I do. Well, looks are not always deceiving. I'm not at all stressed about it. I, <laughs> I did actually, I was off by half hour. I thought the game was at seven and it turns out it was a six thirty, actually six forty five first pitch. But I thought the, I thought my pregame show was at six thirty, and the game was at seven. Yeah. So I was off by a little bit, but we'll make it work. It's going to work out just fine. Laudner can just run the show. Yeah. I told him to start without me if I wasn't back yet. <laughs> Would you, I, I didn't even see the pregame show or do you have to wear a suit today or like how are you quickly going to have to get dressed? Uh, it's a sport coat and a dress shirt, but okay. I am behind the desk so I can stay in shorts. So <laughs> okay. it'll just be Perfect. a quick, a little quick jump in the phone booth, change and be ready for TV. Yep. Uh, so the, you, there's a famous story about like uh, sleeping through uh, like a Timberwolves deadline. Somebody on uh, twin on on your staff, uh, you you didn't have you could have slept through this deadline for the Twins. I could have, and wouldn't have missed anything. Yeah, it was trade deadlines are always interesting, and same is true when you when we're talking about it each year with the NHL. It's amazing how fast things can change and. It sounded like the Twins might have been in some talks with potential trade partners right down to the last couple of days. And Derek Falvey earlier today said, the fortunes changed for some of our potential trade partners. And all of a sudden, they didn't want to make the moves mm -hmm. that we had been talking about making. I don't know anything about any of the specific players, but as you well know, things pop up out of nowhere. And then there's other years where it, just seems like for all the rumors and all the conjecture, absolutely nothing happens. That was kind of the feel this year. But I think what's interesting for the Twins is, I don't want to call the White Sox a contender because they're not. Cleveland's only a game behind them in the standings. They traded away a good pitcher, their shortstop and their first baseman, certainly indicating that they were more interested in future assets than today. And I just thought maybe if you're the twins in a reactionary move to that, because now you might be a little less likely to give away a significant part of your future if a playoff spot is not a certainty. Nothing's a certainty, but it certainly seems more likely after the team that's hottest on your trail decides to give away a pretty good chunk of their of their current club. We'll have to see. There's a long way to go between here and the finish, 55 games left. I was a little bit surprised, though, that we didn't see something, some kind of a move, even if it was minor in nature. Willie McGee is an assistant coach with the Cardinals. How cool is that? Yeah, really cool. That that goes back to the the reason why I became a big Cardinal fan. It was I was a Cardinal fan all my life as a kid, and the McGee era Cardinals were when I really latched Ozzie. on to the way they played the game. Ozzie Smith, Vince Coleman, Terry Pendleton, Tommy Herr, that whole team was was I loved the way they played the game. Mm -hmm. And I had become a fan earlier just because I loved listening to Jack Buck on the radio with their teams in the mid to late 70s. And and then when they made the run to the series in 82, and then Whitey turned the club over from a station-to-station power-hitting team 
into more of a speed-based, put pressure on the defense, and, and that was the kind of baseball I loved. So I just I became a Cardinal fan even more so at that point, and I just, guys like Willie McGee were the reason why I loved watching guys just play the game fast. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio on location at Ballet Sports North uh, in the middle of the Twins-Cardinals game. Next live show is August 17th at Split Rocks. August 17th at Split Rocks. Uh, come on down there. Um, and then our next live show here in downtown Minneapolis, actually it's Northeast uh, Minneapolis, is at LC's on August 29th. We've packed a joint the last couple times at uh, LC's and always pack it up at Split Rocks, so we hope to see you down there. Um, uh, and, and you've missed the last live shows. We actually haven't talked on the podcast about the end of our Italy trip. We did the one live show um, in Italy in front of a studio audience, which was an absolute blast. Uh, a couple of people won some uh, dinners at your house uh, that we'll be hosting in September. Uh, we also, by the way, have a couple of really cool live shows uh, uh, in the works uh, for September, so stay tuned for that one. But, Anthony, let's talk about the end of our uh, Italy trip before we get to the Philip Gustafson news. Um, it was uh, an eventful end. Uh, who knew that day that we were in Catania that we would be doing a whole planes, trains, and automobiles to get off that island? It was amazing. And just the, the number of things that fell had to fall into place to make it all work. And, and our guides, as we've talked about a lot, we're big fans of these guys. They do a great job. But suddenly having to find... 35 tickets to get us off of the island of Sicily into Rome and had to get there the next day because the next day was our return flight home. And I, it was interesting. There were a, there was a group of flight attendants there from, I think they were from a French airline. There was a Spanish Ryan family Air. there. The whole crew, they, they didn't know what was going on. No, they couldn't get out of mm -hmm. Sicily. They couldn't get out of Catania. The, there was a Spanish family there vacationing. They were going to wind up hitching catching a bus to palermo and then trying to fly from palermo the next day it was a it was a crazy sequence of events that so started with a hotel yeah, on yeah, fire yeah or, the, I mean, airport. Was the airport on fire and we had to check out of our hotel because we were had already there was another group coming in and we were on the move so it we wound up having to take a train which was kind of cool yeah train that rolls onto a ferry and then the ferry took us across to calabria and onto the tracks and up the coast, which was a pretty cool views up the coast to Rome. Arrived in Rome late at night, had dinner, and one of my highlights of the trip was that last night, there were five of us, Margo and, and I and Michael Kenny, Peter, our guide, and then uh, Don, one of the women from our trip, all jumped on lime scooters and buzzed around Rome until 4.30 in the morning looking at some of the sites and the Colosseum and the Pantheon and the fountain went down to the Vatican. It was, we had a, just a great time. It was a lot like what we've done in DC in the past to go around and take a look at the monuments at night, but it was a really cool way to see it. I had never been to Rome. I wasn't going to miss the chance yeah. to go and see some of this. And it was really, uh, it ended up being one of my highlights of the whole trip. Yeah, it, uh, uh, and you were out till four thirty with a like what seven o'clock bus to the six o'clock bus six, six thirty bus six o'clock breakfast. So we got back, we got back into our room at four forty five, threw our stuff in the suitcase, basically just got in the shower and went downstairs to have breakfast and jump on the bus to start the flight home. But as you know, I like to, I like to push it before these flights so that when I get on the flight, I can just sleep. Lights out, and I was, I was lights out quickly and. 
Um, it was it was made for a good travel day home. Yeah, and we have a cool ideas in the works for next summer's trip, so definitely pay attention to that. All right, so uh, Philip Gustafson signs a uh, three-year, $11.25 million deal. It's three seven five um uh a season um probably more than the wild ever thought that they'd have to give him going into this whole process but you know the second samsonov in arbitration got 3.55 uh they knew that they were going to have to come up a little bit and i think that gustafson's side knew they were going to have to come down a little bit from that hope of getting like a jake ottinger type deal and, uh, you know, good, good, good move uh, for Gustafson. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he gets paid after his one terrific season where he didn't play a ton, but obviously was extremely successful for the, from November uh, on. And so uh, what do you think of the deal, Anthony? Well, I agree with you. I think the number was a little higher than I thought it would be, even after the Samsonov signing. I, but I think the trade-off is the Wild got a third year out of it. Mm-hmm. And it... It was we had talked yeah, about once this you before. Buy that, one year of UFA, you got to come up a bit, right? And so I thought when it was either going to be one or two years, I was thinking it would be more in the low threes, mm-hmm. three and a quarter to maybe three five, and and now you go up to three seven five, and I think it's a with that it's a good deal for the Wild. They have some certainty now for the next few years that this for sure should bridge the gap to Wallstead easily and. Now you end up with the with a known commodity, at least in terms of the dollar. Now we have to find out if Gus is for real. Yeah. And and all indications were that it was not a fluke what he was doing at the end of last season, but it was about a half a season that he was the number one guy. And even as the number one guy, he wasn't playing the games of a number one guy. He was still playing every other night. So can he handle it playing two out of every three? And being the man on whom your team is leaning, we'll have to see. Yeah, and uh, I think he's well aware of that. He said that this is going to give him a prove-it type contract, and um, and th- there's no doubt. And what I like about Gustafson is uh, he's extremely confident in himself. And the one thing he said is this is not a three-year deal to bridge to Jesper Wallstad. He fully intends to be the number one goalie in three years. He's still young enough. And if that's the case, then the Wild um, you know, have a luxury of riches there, and they feel like they're starting to get that up front. They have all these prospects up front. They can't all have always play here. They have all these defensemen. They can't all play here. And if they get two goalies, both of them long-term are probably not going to be your, your number one. Uh, you're not paying two goalies a ton of money. Um, so now you, you generate assets. So then when this cap space is up, you can also make some potential trades and things like that. Um, you mentioned uh, whether or not this is a fluke or not. I mean, the one thing that I will say is like when you look at the playoffs, he wasn't very good. He had the really good game one. Uh, where he made 51 saves, uh, but he was, in his own words, average, Anthony, the last, uh, you know, games two to six. Uh, Well, didn't play two, but three to six. And I think that if you look at the penalty kill, we've talked so much about how bad their penalty kill was in the playoffs, but if you really look at the goals against, majority bad goals. It wasn't like they could have made a bunch of different adjustments to alleviate that. So he's just got to be better in those situations. Yeah. And that's, excuse me, that's a part of what I'm saying about that. He still has a lot to prove, Mm -hmm. I think in the regular season, but then also in the playoffs. And you made the comparison to Ottinger earlier. The difference was that Ottinger's first year, Ottinger went into a playoff series and was the single best player in a series, uh, albeit a loss against Calgary, but he was the best player in the series for either team. And Gustafson was not that in this series. I don't think the Wild lost the series because Gustafson didn't play well enough, but 
Ottinger played better than him in the series. And you have to be able to prove that that you have that in you to ramp up your game at playoff time. Um, Bill Guerin on the conference call, not shockingly, um, you know, basically said in his mind, this doesn't make, doesn't just elevate him to the bona fide number one of this team, that Marc-Andre Fleury is still going to compete for starts and things like that, which isn't a shock. I mean, one thing about the Wild is they are going to want to play both goalies so then they can keep Gus, most likely Gus, going into the playoffs uh, extremely fresh. Um, does that shock you? And what do you make of, you know, Marc-Andre Fleury's eight wins from passing Patrick Waugh this year. Um, how long do you think it'll take him to get that? And do you do you in, anticipate that this is going to be the last that we see of Marc-Andre Fleury out of his brilliant career this year? Boy, that's more of an interesting question. I, he'll get his eight wins, and I don't think any of the other stuff is surprising. If Fleury comes out of the gates and plays great, mm-hmm. I think he'll play. I, I really think I would guess the Wild go into the season playing both guys similarly to what they were doing in the second half last year until one guy steps forward and is much better. And I don't think we'll see a one and a two. I think it'll be more that we've got two goaltenders. They're both going to play and it'll benefit both of them to have been in a rhythm, but also to have had time off early in the season. But if one of them is clearly better than the other right from the start, I think we'll see it go that way. So it wouldn't surprise me if Fleury at some point strings a couple of good starts in a row together and takes the reins for a couple of weeks and, and then Gus takes him back and has him for a few weeks. I, I don't think they really care which guy steps up to be the one. It isn't like they're looking at it saying, this guy's the only guy with whom we can win in the playoffs, so we sure hope he's better mm-hmm. during the regular season. And so then I think this season dictates whether you see Marc-Andre Fleury somewhere else. We've talked often about how well he takes care of himself, how great his physical fitness level is, but the reality is he's getting up there in age. And will somebody just take a shot at him and sign him to have him be your veteran, your insurance policy, your backup guy, a guy who's been there at the end? Maybe. Would he want to take that? I don't know. We'd have to see. I really think he seems like the type of guy that, number one, would only want to go somewhere where they had a chance to win, but number two, where he had a chance to play. And I don't know that there's that combination likely to be available. Yeah. Although it is interesting that he was willing to, he was, he said at the end of the year, even if he was the bona fide, legit number two here that he wanted to come back, that he didn't want to move his family again. So that was kind of fascinating. But that's this year when he was already under a contract. Right. I don't, I'm talking about would he sign somewhere else as a backup or, yeah, I don't, I don't know that. And, and to your point, he'd have to move his family again if it's not here. And I just don't see it. I'd be shocked if it ended up being here for another year. Yeah. Hey, at least uh, at this point. Yep, absolutely. The summer season, uh, selling season is here. Be proactive and take action today, even if you're not quite ready to sell your home, so you can be better informed and ready to move when the time is right. Sell your home stress-free with a guaranteed offer from Chris Lindahl Real Estate. There are no showings, no decluttering, no repairs, and no stress. It's the easiest way to sell your home. They keep you in control so you can sell your home fast. Uh, you could pick your closing date and move when it's convenient for you. To find out what your guaranteed cash offer would be, we'll go to chrislindahl.com. There's no obligation. Again, chrislindahl.com or go call 763-401-SOLD. Close with confidence and start packing. Terms and conditions apply.
Uh, here's a word from Bosch Law Firm. Hey, hockey fans. Jerry Bosch here again from Bosch Law Firm and WorkCompExperts.com. If you're injured at work, it's never too soon to contact the lawyers and awesome staff at Bosch Law Firm. We'll answer all your questions, help you set up your work comp claim, and help you select professionals who will be there to help you, not the insurance company. And with almost 30 years of litigation experience, if your benefits are denied, we'll fight to get you paid. Bosch Law Firm. The call's always free and there's never a fee unless we obtain benefits on your behalf. Call or text us at 651-333-8300 or visit us at workcompexperts.com. It's also the summer grilling season. It has been for a while, and I've loved the what we've been able to sample from Kowalski's. We recently have had a couple of great meals from their meat and fish counter, but it's also a great time to check out their produce because it's unrivaled what you find there. We had some, I'm a big summer salad guy we make the salad with tomatoes and cucumbers and peaches that are were unbelievable they're fresh in season and then the other thing that we've never really talked about on this show we talk about their wine selection and that's legit they also it's a great spot if you just want to make a good impression when you get home stop by their flower counter their flowers are incredible and we've had great luck with how long they've lasted Margot loves them every time i come home it it's it's Furthering my campaign for husband of the year, which you know, I've won 11 out of the last 14 years, I think. No doubt. Uh, <laughs> by the way, pay attention again to our social media. We're going to be doing a live show outside Kowalski's in Woodbury uh, sometime in September. So pay attention to that. That's the plan. At least we'll see what happens. You know what I haven't talked to you about is uh, your golf, your donkey uh, tournament this weekend. Tell us about that. It came down to the last, uh, last little 18. holes at uh, Royal Oak. Yep, it was a huge, it was a great tourney. Uh, 36 holes at Loggers Trail on Saturday, 36 holes at the Royal on Sunday. A couple of great courses, and uh, we have a, it's such a fun tournament. 20 guys this year, the biggest field we've had. Uh, the teams are the same every year. I'm on the red team. My brother captains the blue team. I've got AJ on my side. He's got Vinny on his, and a group of about... There were probably eight guys that I'd say are in my age bracket and a dozen that are in the boys' age bracket. Ryder Cup format, all nine-hole matches, and it came down to the last 18. The teams were tied going into the final 18 on Sunday. Uh, my team had a good last 18 holes, and the last nine are all singles matches, so there's a lot on the board. But we have such a great time with it. Start. We kick it off Friday night with a bocce ball tournament and a pasta feed for the whole tourney. So in our backyard, Vinny and I had set up lights because we always fight daylight. You know, uh -huh. you can't start till everybody's done with work on Friday. So we had lights set up in the backyard ahead of time. The tourney, you'd like this because I know you're a big Johnny Waters fan. So John Waters, my next door neighbor, and his younger brother Chunk faced off against AJ and Chunk I. Chunk from like Goonies? No, Chunk Charlie Waters, the youngest. Yeah, but did, is it, did uh, they get from Goonies? Actually, no? I think it was they just called him Chunk because he used to be chubby. Okay. And but it's all relative because it's his two brothers were built like bean poles, so he just was a normal sized guy. <laughs> but they beat AJ and I in the finals of the bocce ball tourney. Then we go play our thirty six at Loggers. Everybody comes back to our house. We have hot dago sandwiches that night. About a decent chunk of the tourney just crashes at our house after some darts and things in the basement. We go play thirty six more Sunday, and it was it was a ton of fun. Great to have my boys back in town for it. Chad Graff flew home from New England to play in the tourney, and it we just had a blast. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, well, and now we have our uh, 
We're going to have to get our fantasy yeah, stuff going. The, huh? uh, the Donkey Hockey League draft is, that'll be coming up uh, probably the end of first week of October. It'll be right after the Twins are done, before the Wilds start. We'll squeeze it in there. See if the scribes can rebuild quickly. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so, all right. So we got uh, pretty much everybody signed a Kalen Addison. Uh, at the Wild have only 1.6, uh, uh, let's see, 1.6 million in cap space, I think, right now. Um, they are hoping About that half Addison, of that will yeah. be Addison. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they're pretty much going to probably have to carry 12 forwards at the beginning of the season. There could be times where they have to play a man short to, you know, if, if they've got to go over the cap and all that type of stuff. Um, but Addison's an interesting guy. I mean, here's a guy that was scratched 20 regular season games, all six playoff games. Looked like he was going to get traded this offseason. Obviously did not. It sure feels like he's going to get his role back as the number one power play quarterback. At least to start the season. And that probably means John Merrill's the odd man out mm -hmm. most nights. You know, well, I guess Merrill or Goligoski, but mm -hmm. it's those two guys are will be the six, seven guys. And if Addison proves he can play five on five, then he'll probably stay there. But if he doesn't, I don't think it's, I don't think they're just going to keep him in the lineup for his, they proved that last year. Mm -hmm. You can't just count on a guy to be a power play guy only. And he's got to be able to play and he's got to be able to play against good players and, and prove that he's got the gumption to get after it. We'll see it. it these are, this is an interesting time right now because there's more than a few guys who, this for whom this offseason is very important in their maturity physically and mentally there are some guys that they have to see have a great offseason and to come back prepared to battle next year and Addison is very close to the top of that list uh Rossi's another one and Rossi has been in town he's been skating almost daily with the with the uh you know the uh I mean, Blake Wheeler and Kaprizov and uh, uh, Brock Nelson, uh, Andrews Lee. There's a bunch of guys that are skating with Andy and Diane Ness every morning, and Rossi's one of them. That has just got to be an incredible experience for Rossi. A little different, and this is with all due respect, but a little different than this group that he skates with in Austria. And this is why Bill Guerin urged him to stay here. So he not only goes to Tria every day to work out, not only goes to Tria every day to skate uh, with guys, but then he gets to be in these little special skating uh, schools with a lot of great NHL stars. This is not just players on the wild. I mean, obviously Kaprizov's there, but we're seeing, you know, Nelson, Lee, uh, Wheeler. I mean, these are, these are big time players. Yeah. And I, I don't think his training was the issue. I think he's another guy that you have to see, take the next step mentally, emotionally, competitively. You got to find out if this guy has the fight in him or not. Mm -hmm. And he's, been in shape and there's no doubt he has to get stronger and his skating has to get better. But I also think the question with him is just how hard is he willing to compete? Does he realize how hard you have to compete to play in the NHL? And maybe time with these guys, even though it's just summer skating drills, you're talking about guys who Brock Nelson might be as professional a player as there is in the league, as mm -hmm. competitive a player as there is. And, and though maybe this is a great way for him to learn that lesson. At least that's my perception. This is not, this is just kind of a guess on, we're talking about a guy who's always been in really good shape and has never been afraid to put in the work, the effort in the gym. But now are you willing to be the hard nosed kind of player that, that the wilder convinced he has the skill set to be. 
Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, looks like Vinny. I'm looking at the pictures from a Vinny Letary. Looks like he's in at Brock Faber as well. But guys like Andrews Lee, Brock, Brock Nelson, uh, Blake Wheeler, uh, players. But like you that. know that that'll be an interesting comparison to watch. Is Rossi compared to Vinny Letary? Here you'll have one guy who was a top half of the first round selection, billed as a big time prospect, given opportunity, and another guy who's been almost told at every step, every turn that you aren't quite good enough. We love you in the American Hockey League as an insurance policy, but never has been given the chance to just be an every night, every single game player in the NHL. And it'll be interesting to watch their hunger level where you got one guy playing, maybe, you know, if you're Letary, you got to be thinking every time you sign one of these contracts, is this the last yeah. Time somebody's going to give me yeah. a good AHL deal, a great AHL deal, and even though it's at the minimum in the NHL, it's I got to I'm going to make a great living if I'm playing in the American League. But how many more of those are out there for guys like him once you get to this age? Yeah, and the one thing about Letary is he's such an explosive skater that he will make himself seen in training right. camp, and that's what Rossi's got to be, um, you know, wary of. And the other thing that that all these guys, uh, you know, the the two way guys in particular, the Laterries, the Beckmans, the Walkers. Remember what I just said? They have very little cap space, especially depending on what Addison gets. They could start the season with twelve forwards, so they're literally, if they are healthy, not there might not be a roster spot available for anybody except for the one that Rossi's penciled in for. So don't think that these guys are not going to go out of their way to to make life very, very yeah difficult. and. I think there will be times where if you're on a long road trip, you'll have to bring a 13th yeah. forward. You have, you just have to. And But when you're at home, why? Play with 12? They're a four-hour drive down to Des Moines away from getting here. And it's, you know, I, th- I think they'll, that'll be one of the luxuries the Wild have with having the yeah. American team within that close proximity. First question from Twitter people is Max McCormick asked, do you think Merrill's offseason injury rehab last summer impacted his game last year? Should we expect to bounce back with a full offseason? I think that's fair. I actually don't think he got off to a poor start. I think it kind of got worse as it got along, but I do think that's fair after he missed the first month of the season. But the reason why this is a good first question, Anthony, is that I still think the Wild are going to need to do something before the season to create a little cap space. And Merrill's the only guy that makes sense because Goligoski is not waving his no move. Um, the other guys are, we're not expecting them to weigh their no moves. So Merrill's the only really other person right now. And even though it wouldn't save a lot of money, if you sit, trade him at 1.2 million and you sign a league minimum guy, at 850, you know, that, that $350,000, uh, $450,000, whatever it's going to wind up being is going to be, is going to be uh, valuable. And remember it was late August last year where all of us were on the golf course. And next thing you know, Dmitry Kulikov is traded. So don't think that just because Bill Guerin says they're done necessarily doesn't mean that he's going to be looking, doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be looking for ways to create a little cap space. Yeah, and I also think it could happen early in the season, too, if you if all of a sudden a need arises somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Somebody else has an injury in camp or first week of the season, and all of a sudden there's somebody that needs a veteran guy. I think you could see it happen then, too. And it also could depend on how some of the wild prospect defensemen look in camp how close mm-hmm. they look to being ready Damon and if you believe that okay we could same thing we're talking about with the forwards we could live with six defensemen when we're at home knowing that we've got a guy close enough in iowa that could come up here in a pinch and be our 
number seven guy. Right. Um, and even if it's just a seven, you know, it could be a Dakota Mermis or something like that. Uh, what name should we be aware of in 2025 NHL free agency? This is from Ole. Um, if there were hypothetically a team that would have a 13 million cap increase in that period, who is there in the short list? Uh, on Wednesday, uh, Joe Smith and I write about this very subject. We write about the end of the Parisi Suter pain and uh, what the roster could look like. Uh, so definitely uh, give a give a give a read to that. I mean, the biggest name out there is going to be Drysdale, but what are the chances Drysdale is going to be available? So it's it's really a fruitless endeavor to try to figure out uh, who is there, and the hope is that nobody is there. Like I know that everybody just wants them to go spend their money, but if who's not enough? Ogren, Yurov. Um, Faber, Rossi, um, you know, Hunter hate these guys are the players, the wild forecast them to be one. They're going to have to save money for them Two, They're going to need to create rosters open. So the hope, first of all, is that who's not Dinoff, you're off Ogre and Rossi. They're the guys that can eventually, um, you know, uh, uh, stop them from having to go out and go spend a fortune in, at center. Maybe you go out and try to get a top, top defenseman to play with a Brock Faber or Jared Spurgeon or something like that. Yeah. Having the money to keep your own guys is a plus. And let's not forget that Kaprizov is going to need point. To... They'll be a year away from having to get Kaprizov yeah. locked in. And whatever he wants, he's getting, uh, that's just the reality. Uh, Von Trushinsky asked, but I'll uh, read that story on Wednesday because we do have some names in there and things like that. But the one thing I wanted to do with that story is I wanted to keep it realistic and not create unexpected, uh, you know, uh, things expectations that would just make wild fans, uh, you know, salivate, uh, uh, like, you know, there was one of our writers did this exercise the other day and he has Kaprizov and Victor Hedman on their team. Like, I don't want to throw darts at a dartboard. Uh, I didn't want to make dry's idol, the number one center of the wild where we mentioned that he could be available and things like that, but we try to break it out and try to, um, you know, keep you from tweeting me every you second. You don't want to uh, be tabbed the accidental dartist anymore. Yeah, exactly. Um, Von Trushinsky asked, uh, think GM Bill Guerin will approach both Ryan Hartman and Felino's agents about uh, negotiating a, uh, a contract extension. I think Felino definitely. Um, Hartman and Zuccarello, you know, TB, TBD. The one thing I like, I think that Billy would love to bring them all back, but you have to like every time they sign these veterans to extensions, they're blocking out one of these young kids. And at some point you've got to keep, if you think, that you're going to need to have spots available for Yurov and Huznadinov and Ogren and Rossi and Hunter Hayton, these guys. You can't be throwing around four or five-year extensions to 34-year-olds, 35-year-olds. Hartman's an interesting one. Um, you know, he only makes one seven. Could he be looking for a big-time raise? Felino's the one that I know would be probably 1A on Bill Guerin's wish list to try to bring back at the same contract, maybe a $3 million deal. Yeah, that's... He's such a huge part of it. And actually, Hartman is too. It, mm -hmm. They're both valuable players at the right number. And I, I think you have to learn more about the level of your prospects first, how close they are, and uh, how legit they are. And the more you can learn about that, your point's valid. You, have, you, can't, you can't block the upward mobility of these young players. But at the same time, there's room on any contending NHL roster for a Marcus Foligno at the right number. There's room for a Ryan Hartman at the right number on any contending. You can mm -hmm. win with these guys, but they have to be in the right slot. And we'll find out more. I think then you know, all right, when I see these guys and I see where Rossi has developed for this year, I see what I think, at least, the, to the best of my evaluations on how far away these other guys are. You're not going to block those guys 
if you think they're two years away, you're, then it's fine. Sign the veteran guys to a, a two-year deal, maybe even three. And if the last year of their contract, you're, you either are fighting to make room for your young star because now he's ready or you, or you, if these guys play great, they're going to stay in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, get ready for a sizzling August. Don't let the heat overwhelm you. Aquarius Home Services has an unbeatable deal. Get an incredible $98 off any AC repair. Their skilled cooling and heating technicians are experts at troubleshooting and fixing all of your air conditioning issues. Whether it's a minor glitch or a major breakdown, Aquarius Home Services will work hard to ensure your AC is back in top-notch condition. Get your AC repair done with Aquarius Home Services and enjoy a worry-free summer. Take advantage of this limited-time offer and beat the heat with Aquarius. Aquarius believes in earning the right to be recommended. They're just a click away at AquariusHomeServices.com. And don't forget to mention Russo sent you. And I know one place that Lepanto will always send you, and that's Moe's Tavern. I will. And we were talking earlier that we've got a fantasy hockey draft coming up. Last year, the draft was held at Moe's. We've talked about it a lot as a great place to go in and around games at Fogarty Arena or if you're up at the Super Rink. Great place to go watch games on television. And all that's true, but it's also a great spot. If you're having a meeting, or in this case, for us, a draft, they have a great meeting facility room, and you, you can order your food off their menu, which the food is above average. And But this meeting space is terrific. It was a great spot for the Donkey Hockey League draft in 2022, and I believe it'll probably be the location again for 2023. Yeah, it was awesome. And great Wi-Fi there. Uh, which is the most important thing for anything, any fantasy draft. Uh, so uh, we always love Mo. Um, and here's a word from Royal Credit Union. Open a 5.20% annual percentage yield nine-month certificate from Royal Credit Union. Open now at rcu.org slash certificate 520. Early withdrawal penalties could reduce earnings and principal. APY accurate as of 72723. Insured by NCUA. Back here, worst seats in the house, Mike Russo, Anthony LaPanta. Uh, tomorrow, Anthony, I'm going to Charleston. Uh, to Trampled by Turtles concert. Uh, Trampled by Turtles uh, donated the music uh, to open and close this song, uh, Victory, to open winners to um, to close. That was years and years ago. Uh, looking forward to seeing the guys. I've missed all their concerts. They've had an unbelievable Boy, summer concert tour. I haven't seen them tour. in person for a couple yeah. of years now. Um, you should come with me September 16th to the Treasure Island show. It's awesome. I got a hotel room there. I got uh, uh, tickets. You should definitely come on down there. It's September 16th, like five, uh, what day before our, uh, our uh, I believe it. No, we're uh, the week of the, uh, of one of our pod, live podcasts. I think uh, we're going to be at LC September 21st, um, but you should come to that. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there. I'm actually meeting Eric Stolhansky um, down there and his lovely wife. And we're going to hang out, uh, go to great dinner tomorrow night or Wednesday night. And then uh, the concert Thursday, sightsee in Charleston on Thursday and get back here on Saturday, I go to Hawaii. How about this for an upcoming schedule for me, Anthony? So um, um, I'm in Charleston. I still have a trip to Hawaii. I still have a trip to Sweden for like three, four days later after I get back from Hawaii. Come back from Sweden. I go to um, LA, like Santa Barbara area. Come back from Santa Barbara, go to Chicago for the GMs and coaches meetings. Come back from there, I'm going to Vegas for, for the athletic. And then training camp starts that week. <laughs> what do you got going on the rest of the summer well i've got a heavy dose of twins baseball i've got i'm totino grace football we've got the camp coming up in mid-august and games going every friday night throughout the fall got a little bit of golf left on my schedule I got a couple cabin trips i won't be flying anywhere 
of that I can think of of interest. Um, Ella Margo, I think, is might be flying to an engagement celebration party somewhere and a wedding in India, perhaps. But wow, I wasn't invited to that, or at least to the best of my knowledge, Doesn't I wasn't that remind invited. You of the Seinfeld episode where yeah. Lane got invited. Yeah, where they did the backward <laughs> yeah, time ba- everything backward. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, it, your schedule sounds exciting. I, I was just looking at my calendar to see if I was working the Twins game on the 16th. I don't believe I am, so maybe we'll have to make that. Yeah, yeah. As a, It'll be a, a blast. Anytime that they play in Minnesota, it's tremendous. Um, all right, Adam, Adam Olson asks, uh, fans often hear that arbitration meetings can often sour relations between players and teams because uh, uh, critical opinions are shared. What are some examples of things that have probably been uh, said in these meetings that cut so deep. I mean, Bill Guerin tells the story all the time when he went to Arb with, I think, Boston, and it was just uh, just a gut punch to him. Uh, the one I can remember that absolutely fractured the relationship with John Van Beesburg in Florida. I mean, uh, that absolutely pretty much ended his time um, down there. And so it is, it is, it's not as contentious as it used to be. I'll say that. Alec Clark asked, it sounded like we'd re-sign Shaw despite the ACL, but we haven't. Can he just go on LTI so that salary doesn't count against the cap? Seems like other teams do, or I don't understand how LTI works. I mean, you don't understand how LTI works. Um, I mean, they, they, they offered to resign him. Um, they offered him a very lucrative AHL contract, and his agents turned it down. Um, so then, then that's when the Wild decided not to uh, tender him the qualifying offer and put him on LTI because the hope is that he was to come back this year and then if you spend over, you know, that money, then you eventually going to have to get below that cap number and, and make him uh, cap eligible. So the hope is that my gut says that he'll eventually take that AHL deal. And um, if he takes that AHL deal, then if he's uh, plays for Iowa and shows that he's or, or, you know, works his rehab with Iowa and, and it shows that he's ready to come back, then you, what you do is you sign him to an NHL deal. He's got to clear waivers. And then you uh, put them on the NHL team. That all has to be done by the trade deadline. So uh, that's essentially the way it works uh, there. Um, uh, Ryan Carter, remember that happened once. He was out of the league in the wild, signed him to an AHL deal to try to get back here. If I remember, that was the scenario. But it's really cool the way they've, I mean, he's doing like team appearances. He's down a tree every day uh, working out. They're, they're still taking care of him. Yeah, and I think they'd all love to have him be a part of the organization when he's healthy and I don't know. I, I've got some strong opinions about the LTI situation and this is different because we're not talking about a perennial all-star or anything, but you know, they, they were, they're trying to make it work to, to bring him back. If he proves he's healthy, you do have to be wary of that as much as they'd love to just treat him well because they like him personally and because he's worked so hard, but the reality is think of what you're betting on with a guy who's had this kind of injury history. And I don't think you put yourself in that spot until you know for sure, or as sure as you can be that he's healthy and ready to roll. And we'll see some of the other guys that are still out there unsigned are surprising. What do you think of some of those guys who haven't come off the free agent board yet? Yeah. I mean, uh, like guys like Josh Bailey, Matt Dumb is obviously the biggest name. I, I still think Matt Dumb has got a contract probably with Arizona and he's just trying to see if this Carlson thing is going to solve itself. Uh, that's just my gut there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there's still some, uh, interesting names out there. Uh, you know, obviously Kane and Taves, uh, different scenarios. They're available right now. They're just trying to get healthy. Uh, who knows if we ever see Taves again? Uh, let's get to some fun questions. Holden Minneapolis. I know you're big, both big wine drinkers, but have you 
tried any microbreweries here in Minnesota? And if so, which are your favorites? Yeah, I have. And I don't know if we'd call them microbreweries, but like I've gone to the Surly spot, which is good. I like Indeed um, over on the in the northeast part of Minneapolis that, in fact, I really like. They've got a pistachio cream ale that I really like. Um, uh, Castle Danger Cream Ale is my favorite beer right now, made up in two harbors, but the they have a pistachio cream ale that I really like. Margo really likes their Mexican honey, and which is is good. So I'm not a big beer drinker, but I I do say that if beer was what it is today, when I had come out of college, I'm not sure I ever would have gotten into wine because mm-hmm. I think I would have really enjoyed. Back then, about the most variety you had in beer was if you were a Miller guy or a Bud guy. Right. And that was about it. And then, you know, the th- everything that was under their umbrellas. But almost all of them tasted roughly the same. Yeah. And now I just think there's so much great variety to it. I will tell you the other, I don't know if it, it's not a microbrewery, but I've really gotten into the ciders over at Number 12 Cider. It's a mm-hmm. friend of mine from way back in grade school and his his buddy from back in those days that started it. And I never was a cider guy. It was always like angry orchard type stuff, which I hated. And their ciders are so good. We just went down there when everybody was in town. Let's see, what night was it? Maybe Thursday night. Mm -hmm. And they have a great little tomato pizza truck outside that we couldn't actually eat from that night because it was too hot. So their pizza truck was closed. But I I really like their ciders. So if you're looking for, if you're looking for a variety there, and I think you'd, you should go down there with us some night because I think you'd be interested in it. It's it's more like winemaking than it is mm-hmm. brewing, and so they it's just wine with apples essentially. So they're in fact they're even governed the way vineyards are governed, yeah. not breweries by their by the, all their rules and everything. But the, there's such a variety in the taste of these yeah. ciders; it's terrific. Have you been to the old Smoky Moonshine Distillery in Nashville? We. I'm not kidding you. We have to no. go to this place. We had our uh, PHWA party there during, during the draft. What a cool place. First of all, the facility is incredible. It's, the mo- it's just so fun there. Um, but they have different moonshines, and they're all different. Fl- they got like 60 flavors, like strawberry. I mean, and they're, they're really good. Um, and, but they got an incredible shop, food. It's a, it's a really neat place. And it's a short walk from downtown, from the arena. It's on the same block as the arena, oh. actually. Uh, but away from the, you know, like, you know, toward, uh, you know, where you go under the Country Music Hall of Fame and go a little past that. So it's away I'm from Broadway. Yeah. Uh, Dan Waldron uh, asks, any good recent travel stories or encounters? Uh, do you drive on the road or just Uber these days? Um, well, the one in, in Sicily is uh, <laughs> that's probably the biggest one. Hopefully I have none in the next couple of days. I'm a little worried about getting from Charleston back here. Uh, <laughs> I have no room for error uh, to get to Hawaii. Um, and I drive or Uber in the same cities every single time. So like there's certain cities that, uh, that I will always rent a car like Raleigh or South Florida. Then there's always cities that I'll Uber. Um, a lot of, a lot of it does depend if there's going to be a practice there or something like that. Um, I rent cars nowhere. Yeah. I think I've rented, I'm going to say one car in the last maybe eight years. And Mm -hmm. that was, we were heading out to. Southern California for the then it was then Fox before we mm-hmm. were bought and we'd have a seminar out there with all the NBA and NHL teams mm-hmm. for whom Fox had the rights in their regionals. And so we'd fly into LAX and drive down the coast half an hour to this place where mm-hmm. we would stay. And 
I, one of the years I rented the car to go down there, I can't remember another time I've rented a car in the last, I bet it's been 10 years. I've had one rental car. Yeah. I, I rent cars. I mean, there are just certain cities you have to Ottawa. Um, that one, if you don't rent a car, you're never going to be found again after a game. Uh, they're not picking you up out there. Um, trying to think, uh, Edmonton, I usually rent cars, Calgary. I was in the rent. I, Chad and I rented a car in yes, I'm well St. Aware. Louis I've to drive to Nashville, but it was, I think he rented the car. Yeah, I, just, the dro- I just drove it yeah. so that he could. Didn't you rent a car in San Jose once? I remember that one. That was a fun one. Uh, at Napa? No, we Ubered. Oh, oh no, no, Chad, no, no. Had, yeah, a, yeah. Chad had a rental car. That's yeah. right. Cause we went through, went through the express lane and he just buzzed through and well, that worked out well. And then he got a parking t- or a traffic ticket mailed yeah. to him. You also like, it's like, like barely made the flight too, which I love that story. I wasn't yeah. there for any of it. Um, Hogan, dog asks us, so I understand they are not having the Tom Curvers prospect showcase this year. Are there any other opportunities to see prospects compete at tree or rank? I don't think that's true at all. I've, I've, unless something's changed, I've reported that they're playing Chicago and St. Louis in September, uh, during a prospect tournament here. So, um, so, uh, I would assume that those will be open to the public, uh, John asks, um, if this is a great question, Anthony, if one thing had to go steak or your perfect hair, which would it be <laughs> hair? You know, I would give anything to see you with heartbeat. a bald spot, you like know. just like not all your hair, just a bald spot, in a you know, perfect spot would, for like a yarmulke. The, the, I get my hair cut about every two and a half weeks and I would love to not have to do that. I just got to cut again today. So you're not giving it, up steak. I will not give up steak. Yeah. So you made I, a steak at your house. It was the Akiyushi, right? Yeah. Uh, last time I was over at your house a week or two ago, it was honestly one of the best steaks I've ever had in my life. Yeah. That's yeah. we've had some really good ones. Yeah. And, and you know who's making unbelievable steak these days is Lake Elmo in like I've gone there right? twice in the last week and the fillets are like uh, butter. I haven't had a steak there in a while. And to, I don't eat a ton of steak out in the Twin Cities, and this will—I don't mean this to sound arrogant, but it's—I like the steaks we have at our house, and I like how we make them. Yeah. So if we're going to have steak in the Twin Cities, it's going to be on my patio, and then there are a few cities when we're on the road where there's a steak place I like. We're going to go, and but we don't eat a ton of steaks out. We did go to Baltimore last night, and anytime we go to Baltimore. I always will just ask, what do you have from Feller's Ranch? Because it's not, they don't have, the ranch is small where they don't just have automatically enough steaks of this. So it's whatever they have at that point. And they had the Denver cut. Margo ordered it last night and it was awesome. And, but that's their, you know, their Wagyu, their, I believe this run of their cattle, they were telling me is going to be 75% Wagyu, which in order to call it Wagyu, it has to be 50%, meaning like the, the male could be a hundred percent and the female could be 0% or mm-hmm. whatever. What do they this, do? Like send it to ancestry.com or what? Well, no, 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 but they, you breed, they breed them. So now they know that with this next run, they were going to go uh 50% with a hundred percent. So you'd end up with a 75% of the, the offspring. And okay. so they were excited to, to try them out. I haven't tried those yet, but so that's one of the spots where I, where I would eat steak in the twin cities. But, the answer to the question is I'd shave my head in a heartbeat if I knew I had to, to continue to eat steak. Right. Sorry to all the vegetarians out there for the last yeah. two minutes, by the way. Um, nobody's business. I wouldn't shave uh, my head for broccoli. Yeah. I can tell you that. 
Uh, Mink the Stinker asks, uh, who do you think will be best suited to replace Dumba's alternate captain role? Um, I would think Erickson Eck, um, but Brodeen, Kaprizov, uh, Zuccarello, all decent choices. Yeah, I think I, 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 think would, I would think Erickson Eck would be the guy. The guy committed to an eight-year deal here, here at what's going to turn out to be an undervalued contract. I'm hoping, I think I mentioned I'm going to Sweden. I'm, I'm sitting down with Gustafson, I know, and I'm hoping to sit down with Erickson Eck in his hometown. So hopefully a couple of really cool stories coming up uh, uh, to go along with my NHL athletic duties there. It's a pretty cool thing. So I cover this thing in Vegas every year where you get the, like every team sends one stud from their team to meet with the national media and they go through rotations, you know, you know, uh, from Sportsnet to ESPN to NHL Network and then to national media and things like that. Well, they have one in Europe for just European stars for the European media. Um, and so, uh, I'm getting, I'm, I think I'm going to be the only English speaking reporter going over there for that. Uh, so I'm going to really have exclusive access, uh, to a ton of, uh, uh, star European players in the NHL. And, uh, while I'm in Sweden, I'm hoping to get together with, uh, Gus who's representing the wild at that and, uh, Eric Sinek. Um, here's an interesting question for you. Holden mini asks, uh, who do you think meant more to Minnesotans? Koivu is basically a lifelong member of the wild or Maurer is a career twin. Well, well, that's, I think, yeah, I mean, Maurer, I think right? Joel Maurer, I mean, you're talking about a guy who grew up here, was a three sports star at Creighton. He was national high school player of the year in two sports, which I don't believe has happened since. I know it hadn't happened yet at that point turned down a scholarship offer to go play college football in order to sign with the Twins and then played his entire career with his hometown team. Uh, batting champion, gold glove winner, would have been a no-brainer Hall of Famer had concussions not forced him to move out from behind the plate because there is no catcher who did what he did as a hitter behind the when he was a catcher. As a first baseman, his numbers waned a bit, and now you're compared to guys playing a different position. but. If not for that, he's a Hall of Famer. And, you know, Miko was a tremendous leader for this team, was a, to the point of the question, basically a lifelong member of the Minnesota Wild, first permanent captain of the team. I'm not diminishing in any way what he brought to the Minnesota Wild, but Joe Maurer is, he was Minnesota and might, might be right up there with the, the greatest athletes ever to come from our state. Um, I'm just going through Twitter. B Steph asked, why is Gus contract front loaded rather than back loaded considering our current cap issues? Uh, that means not, uh, the, the payout means nothing. It's the annual average value of the contract is the AAV. doesn't matter what, how they structure the deal unless you're the one paying it. Um, Mitch asks, uh, how are the order of arbitration hearings determined? Um, that is actually a negotiation. I didn't realize this. I thought it was random. Like you pick it out of a hat. It's actually a negotiation between all the sides on when, the, when they lined up on the calendar. So essentially, Kurt Overhart um, tried to get behind all the goalies, Samsonov, Swayman, and he won that. And, that's, and then it, I think it really worked out for him is the, the market was set. So yeah, I had no pretty idea. interesting. Yeah, good question. Um, Mariah asks, what's the hardest part about being a sports reporter? Um, obviously, we have very different jobs. I mean, me, me it's just the constant, like, grinding of the writing the reporting process is fun for me the writing process has never been fun hasn't gotten easier with age i can tell you that um 
and also like, you know, we have different lives. I mean, some of it is you get the perks. I mentioned all the trips that I'm taking this summer. Some of those are work trips. Some of those are fun trips. And, uh, you know, when I go to Hawaii, I'm, I'm basically paying resort fees at these hotels. I'm flying to Hawaii for free. So those are the cool things. But the bad part of that is the, the, you know, I love the travel, but not the travel, if that makes sense. Like I, I just, the travel sucks. Uh, uh, you know, going through airports, hotels, early mornings to catch up yeah, with you. And, and for me, like it's that. just the opposite where I say that the travel couldn't be any easier, but it's still time away. So because I travel with the team, I don't get those perks. We don't pile up a bunch of points and hotels. I suppose I could, if I wanted to pay my own way and then get reimbursed for it, but it's just so much easier to, to allow the team to take care of all that. So that's the way it works. And our travel couldn't be easier. We never, I realized it when we took this trip to Sicily, just walking through airports and having to go through security. And like, this is unbelievable compared to the way we walk out on a tarmac and walk up the steps of the plane. And when we land, a bus is waiting at the bottom of the steps to pick us up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable how easy it is. So I'd say for me, the toughest part is the, is in hockey, you're playing a new team every other night. So you just, you never really have a night off because you're always prepping for the next team, unless you get two days in a row off, then you can sometimes take a day where you just don't work on anything or think about anything. Otherwise, every single off day for me is building the file and the prep for the next game, the next night. And I try to stay ahead of that a little bit with, building a couple teams out, but it inevitably catches up with you where you wind up. That's your off day is prep. So, and it's not, believe me, I understand this is, it's a labor that I love and it's uh we're not talking about hardcore physical labor and saying, Oh, and you never get a day off. It's just, it is mentally draining. And we talk about it all the time when the season ends you've been thinking about this team for nonstop for six or seven months. You see the same people every day. You're everything is about next game. What should we talk about next game? Who are the key players on the next opponent? What are, what are some of the trending statistics we're watching next game, next game, next game. And then all of a sudden you lose the elimination game in a playoff series and your brain just is supposed to shut off and say, now I got nothing for the next four months. It's, yeah. it's a weird phenomena that unless you've gone through it, you really don't understand what that feels yeah. like. The other part of that's hard is, uh, and nobody's crying for me is that like the, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that no fan gets to see the, the, the people you piss off in a day, the stupid stuff that causes like fights on the phone and things like that. It's just, uh, it's always so crazy. Did you just send me a picture on Instagram? Yeah. I just sent you an Instagram picture. It's, I've been tweeting an Instagram about you for the last, uh, Five minutes. Mm. So, um, I'm impressed that you actually saw that. Well, I just saw the the my phone light up, so I was wondering yeah. what was going on. Uh, Maverick Johnson asks, uh, "Will the Wild regret not selling high on Gustafson via trade, or was the extension the right call?" I mean, I don't I don't get what selling high means. There has been no goalies traded this summer. If Connor Hellebuck and John Gibson uh, couldn't be traded yet. Uh, you, you think that people were clamoring to get Philip Gustafson? It just that's not. It's just. Uh, like sometimes I do think that fans um, think that it's like, this is fantasy hockey that you're just Dan Myers calling John Stroh up and making a deal in a second. Uh, Those two couldn't make a deal in a yeah, second. That's true. 
Um, but that anything is possible. Right. You know, like we look at some of the blockbusters in our fantasy league and you're just like, that stuff doesn't. And, and just because in theory it might be like, not that Maverick's question is at all flawed. I get it. Trust me. But that's just not the way it works. It's like, you know, they, they, it, the, look how many trades there have been this off season three. Right. Like, and, you know, and, well, everybody, this it's year, just, you know, this year is different than most. It, it, they're always tough. Mm-hmm. But everybody's so tight to the cap right now because right. the cap situation just it it hasn't gone up. So nobody's got that little cushion that's created by an increasing cap that helps teams make up for their overpaying for free agents. Yep. Everybody overpays for free agents, but they all usually get that little two to just think what two million bucks right now would do for the Minnesota Wild and for a lot of other teams if the cap had gone up like it normally would have in previous years, it allows that little buffer zone. And the last couple of years, they haven't had it. So right. everybody is tight to the cap. Jordan says, one can be buy tickets. I need to go to the home opener. Uh, full and partial season tickets are available now. Single game tickets go on sale uh, August 24th. Um, Nate said, what did Boldy shoot in Brainerd? Uh, that tournament's uh, Labor Day weekend, I believe. Uh, it has not happened yet. Um, here's a good question, Zach, and we're wrapping up the pod here. Uh, because Anthony's got to get on the air here at some point. He doesn't seem bothered. I can tell you what the wild coaches shot today, but I can't tell you well, what Boldy's going to shoot. It, it was it was a pretty solid round today, actually. There were a lot of birdies in my group, and Bob Woods had, I think, a season low for him in the high 70s. Nice. And we had, coincidentally, on the first tee, at we're Royal? talking. We played at Keller today. Mm-hmm. And we were talking on the first tee, and Bob Woods said he hadn't broken 80 yet this year, and I think he shot 78. Wow, so that was very cool. that was pretty good. Uh, Zach says, "If sports didn't exist, what job would you do?" It's a great Ooh. one. Boy, I don't know, and uh, I believe me, there were some points in my career where Margot was asking, "What else do you think you could do?" I will say, I did. Uh, at one point, I did go take the LSAT because I thought if this wasn't going to work out, maybe I'd I'd pursue that. When I was in college, I got a I got a degree in social science with a teaching emphasis because I thought if it didn't work out, I'd be a high school teacher and a football coach. But I, I don't think that would have been a long-term fit for me. I Right now, I can still be a high school football coach without having to be a teacher. Mm. So I, I don't know. I, I Those were probably the only two things I ever really seriously thought of then. Now, I sure wouldn't mind going down the path of in the food and wine business somehow, yeah. some way. Yeah, you should be a chef, um, and I'm uh, serious about that. I, I think you'd be a good one. Um, for me, uh, I don't know what I would have done 20, 25 years ago. I have no clue. I always wanted to be a sports announcer, then I wound up a sports writer somehow. Um, now, these days, like I, I was telling, I was on the 10,000 Takes podcast the other day, and I, I said I'd dream of like moving to Vegas and like dealing cards or working the craps table or something or being a pit boss guy? No, no, not a pit boss. I want to. I want to be the guy at the table scooping in chips, kind of payback. Yep, just um, so you can like just experience people. what just yeah. experience what I've had to look at for all these years. Um, I think it'd be cool to be one of those old guys at the craps table, like you know, uh, uh, dealing essentially uh, rupees is it called, and then uh, or dealing cards like like at a poker table. Um, you know, bartending is something I don't think I have the ability to do. Um, I went behind the bar at Lake Elmo Inn about two months ago and tried to uh, pour my first beer ever, and it did. I did not know how to do it. 
I didn't, Plus, you'd have yeah. to talk to people all yeah, night. Yeah, I know. Actually, that, that stuff, you, no, it's a good point. I, you're friendly. <laughs> um, I'd be fine as long as he's like, so what's going on with Augustuson's uh, arb? Uh, if, as long as I didn't hear that, I'd be fine. Um, the other one, I think it'd be awesome to work at like a winery. You know, like that's what I want to do. I can see myself be like manager of Total Wine. That'd be cool. Um, get the employee discount. Um, all right, uh, a couple more for us. Let's see. Uh, one more hockey question. Uh, Garrett Pillard, who I think played hockey in uh, like around Duluth area, or um, where did I meet him? I met him in Duluth once. I think he I think he plays. Uh, what's the city? Where, where's Jamie Langerburner from? I think that's where he played. Um, we always talk about Garrett. If I got that wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, we always talk about uh, who you both think will have a breakout season. Who are your thoughts for that? And who do you think may take a step back? Um, the hope would be everybody would take a step forward that took a regression last year because a lot of guys took a regression other than Eric Sinek. Um, who, would, who do you think is going to break out and who's regressing this year? I could see Goudreau take a little step back maybe. Yeah, possibly. Although he's, he's, goals, a, val- he's a valuable player even if he isn't scoring that right. much. I think I could see Felino be much, much better this Felino, year. Felino was hurt half the season. He last was, year. Ha- and he was struggling to find line mate chemistry mm-hmm. all year long. And I don't know how his line mate chemistry will work this year, but I think there were some high, unfairly high expectations because of the year before how magical that trio was. Uh, Ryan Hartman, I think, will probably see go somewhere in between where he scored last year and where he scored the year before. I I mean the obvious choice is to say Marco Rossi. He's got to have a breakout year, and I I think he will. I just I have this feeling that the first five or six games will be critical for him. And if he has any success, and it doesn't even necessarily, I don't think it even has to be real success. Like he's got to play well, but he could have a puck go in off his ass, and I think it would just do such wonders for relieving pressure that I just worry that if he were to play, even if he played great and didn't score, mm-hmm. that it would just start to wear him down again. Yeah. As opposed to just get a lucky break. Yeah. That's that line. Yeah. And, yeah. and if, if that happens for him, remember the game in Boston last year, we played with Boldy and Boldy couldn't convert on those couple chances. Yeah. And Rouse, like if he just gotten those points, you know, I think it's right. Everything. And so if something like that happens, I could see that really just, Easing the pressure and allowing him to just mm-hmm. relax and play and he and see him break out. Uh, ben Hurdle asks, uh, what's your go-to cigar band? I like Davidoff Late Hours, actually. Um, Super Dave, uh, has Eric Snack fully recovered from his injury? I believe so, but I honestly haven't checked. I'm hoping to get together with him, as I mentioned. Um, here, uh, a couple more. John Thomas says, what's your recommendation for summer red to pair with a Sunday-like Lepanta Kowalski steak dinner? Ooh. Napa calves seem a little heavy and dry in the summer heat. And humidity. I know that Anthony would agree with that. You're not a Napa guy. Yeah, I'm not a Napa cab guy anyway, but um, I'll tell you that the, well, Tignanello is good. The, there are a couple really good Sicilian reds, actually, that I think go really well. But it, you can't go wrong with a Brunello. A Brunello is going to stand up to just about any steak. And the, there are a couple Sicilians, though. Try the, try the Donna Fugata Tancredi. It's, I love it. It's a great one to have either with your steak or after your steak where I want a great earthy, leathery, tobacco, chocolate, like those kind of tastes in a red wine after dinner where like you could sit and sip it and it almost tastes like you're sipping on a, having a cigar after dinner. It's, and the Tancredi you'll really like it's, but it'll stand up to a steak too. Uh, 
if you want something just a hair lighter, a, a Chianti Classical Reserva can certainly hold up to a steak, but also will have a little more acidity and tannic nature to it than a Napa Cab. Yeah. Uh, Chris asked, do you think the presence of Europe and or who's on DNF could satisfy Kaprizov next season if the Wild let Zuccarello go? I do think so. Kaprizov just wants to win. And if those guys are studs, I think that would help uh, despite where they're from. Um, Whiskey Gopher, this seems like a good last question. Uh, Whiskey Gopher says, have you ever been starstruck? I would say the never with a hockey player, although I remember the first time that I interviewed um, Wayne Gretzky, I was in the Miami Arena Visitor's Locker Room. He was on the Rangers, and I remember like thinking to myself, holy, this is, uh, I went the whole show, Anthony. That yeah, person. there you go. Um, uh, I said, holy crap, uh, this is Wayne Gretzky. And it was, you know, I, I do remember the first time I talked to Adam Duritz, uh, like and I've become friendly with him. Like, uh, like I, I, it was like the cartoon where he was talking, but I didn't hear any words. It was just like, I can't believe I'm talking to lead singer, Counting Crows. Um, the other one I'll say, I mentioned that I'm going to, uh, to trample by turtles with Eric Stolhansky tomorrow, uh, the super troopers actor. Um, so when, uh, super troopers two is being filmed, he was gracious enough to invite me on set and I got to talk to Rob Lowe. Uh, as he was waiting to do scenes and stuff the whole day. And it was really cool. Like by the end of yeah. the, like at first it was like, wow, this is Rob Lowe. And then by the end it was like, what's up, Rob? You know, it was, it was really cool. We talked about like young blood and we've talked about, we talked about so much stuff. And then I happened to see him like two and a half months later and he remembered me. And I just thought that was cool as crap. Yeah. I think the, there've been a few over the years where they were guys that were like my hero when I was young like I remember the first time I met Rod Carew face to face and uh, even I'll never forget one day I was at a charity event and Neil Broughton came walking up. This is a guy who, you know, I absolutely loved the guy when he was on the, the Gophers and the U S hockey team. I had watched him play at Rosso and of course then in the NHL and he came walking over and said, you know, all I want to know is what you're grilling tonight. And I was like, Neil Broughton knows that I like to grill. That was kind of a cool <laughs> moment, but but I'll say the one most starstruck moment I ever had was I was doing radio for the twins and we went to Wrigley field and Muhammad Ali was in the press box to, he went up there to lead the, take me out to the ball game. He couldn't sing it, but he stood next to the, I can't remember who sang it that day, but, and when I walked by, it was like, holy cow, this is, I'm, elbow to elbow with Muhammad yeah. Ali. It was that, that was one of the moments that kind of caught me by surprise how, cause I've met a lot of, as you have a lot of all time greats in other sports, yeah. but it was Muhammad, Muhammad yeah. Ali. I once right played, here. uh, once, uh, well, I saw Dennis Rodman in Vegas when he went AWOL from the bulls, bulls or Lakers. I can't remember. Um, but I was at that same trip. I was playing crafts with John Cusack. That was cool. And then I played head-to-head poker with uh, Ray Romano once. And then uh, a couple years later, I was cool. Uh, so my buddy, Craig Minervini, the Marlins, Kevin Gorg, and the Panthers, Kevin Gorg, he is, his brother's stand-up well, that's comic. A, that's an insulting I, way to refer to those guys. I, actually, that, may, that reminds me of a great Craig Minervini story. But there was this uh, sportscaster down in Florida when he was first starting out that I used to go on, uh, on TV with every Sunday night. And my mom met Craig Minervini and my mom goes, so you're the blank blank of the ABC affiliate here. And Craig goes, I am not the blank blank of the, <laughs> like, <he> was, <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, his uh, brother is Richie Minervini, a, a really awesome stand-up comic. And one of Kevin James's best friends. So Kevin James and Ray Romano were playing the Mirage. And we went backstage after the show with, uh, with, uh, Kevin Valentine, who was not Kevin Valentine. Uh, 
Valentine's their last name. Who's there's a stand up comic Valentine. That's actually Kevin James's brother. But anyway, we went backstage after and, uh, and Ray Romano remembered playing head to head against me. That seems like a good area to stop, especially since my uh, recorder is flashing low battery. So and the uh, game's in the bottom of the eight. Yeah. You should probably put on a sports coat. August uh, 17th at Split Rocks is our next live show at 7 p.m. Uh, thanks for everybody for listening, and hopefully we see you all out there. Our next live show at Elsie's is August 29th, so definitely come to that. Thanks t- uh, to joining us. Uh, thanks for joining us at the Aquarius Home Services Studio, and to our sponsors, Qu- Chris Lindahl Real Estate, Bosch Law Firm, Kowalski's, Aquarius Home Services, your installers of Connecticut water treatment systems, plumbing, heating, and cooling, Moe's Tavern, and Royal Credit Union. Talk to you next week, everybody. So much coming out, there's nothing going in I know that you feel like you're never gonna win All but the world